Hey, you are listening or watching the Heidi Ruscio podcast, a place where you're going to hear from female leaders, creators, and innovators. And today's podcast guest is Sarah Bragg. She hosts a podcast called Surviving Sarah and also another podcast um, called Raising Boys and Girls. She's also an author of the book Body Beauty Boys, The Truth About Girls and How We See Ourselves. She's a speaker. Um, she's a host. I mean, she's so many things. She's hosted her podcast for over four years, over 186 episodes. So I asked her to come on the podcast to talk about starting a podcast. So many people are doing it now. So many people want to do it, but there's so much unknown still. So I thought it would be really helpful to hear from her some behind the scenes of how much time it takes to do her podcast, how much money you can make doing podcasts, and maybe some of the things or trip tricks and tips that she's learned along the way that could help you if that's something that you're interested in. So I'm so excited to talk to her. However, this is take two of the podcast, because the first time that we did it, uh, we had a little technical difficulty, which was ironic because we were talking about technical difficulty with podcasting. I usually use the Rodecaster Pro to record my podcast and used it in Italy, worked great. And then right before Sarah's interview, it just would not power on. And I have no idea what happened. We ended up going with the back of the backup of the backup, but it only recorded my or her end, not my end. So I tried to kind of Frankenstein it together. And it just did not sound good. So I didn't end up releasing a podcast last week, but this week, of course, I'm releasing the talk with Sarah. And honestly, what a good lesson it is for us to learn sometimes is that even if something doesn't work out, sometimes that means that there's something better. And Sarah and I both felt like this this interview was actually way better. We got a little deeper too. So even if you're not interested in podcasts, podcasting, then listen, uh, keep listening because we talk a little bit about parenting. Now I will say, try and fast forward to about 30 minutes or so of the podcast and you can hear some of the parenting stuff. But I asked Sarah, you know, what is something that she's learned along the way? Cause she's, she interviews counselors and authors, all these people that are experts at families. And I wanted to ask her what's something huge that she's learned through all of it. So she shares that, which is really insightful whether you have kids or not. The second thing is she has two girls and they're nine and 11. And I asked her, how do you help encourage or try and cultivate a good relationship between your daughters? And so it was really interesting some of the things that she talked about and even a strategy that she has for that. So listen to that. And I know you're going to just totally enjoy hearing from Sarah. She's just a neat person. And I'm going to stop talking because I want you to hear from her. So here she is. Okay, this is take two. <laughs> my interview with Sarah. Please, testing, testing, testing. Is this working? Yes. Okay. Am I alive on there too? Yes. We're yes, good. We're good. Yes. I tested it beforehand, but I'm like, oh, it's been... It's been crazy. So um, I already shared in the intro that this is like the second time that we've done it. The first time did not work well. And ironically, we are talking about podcasting here with Sarah today. <laughs> so this was just like, let's live the experience. Yeah. <laughs> the worst case scenario. <laughs> so much easier and more um, at a place of empathy. 
Yes, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Real listen, if, you, if this happens to you, we get it. Okay, mm-hmm. we're here yeah. for you. We're not just, I mean, I know we seem to be perfect. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I don't think I've ever gotten a DM that says yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, I'm still waiting on a few. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Sarah, tell me how you even got started in podcasting in the first place. Yeah, well, I've been podcasting for nearly four years So it's been a long time. Even today, I had a podcast first thing this morning, and I was sitting there in front of my microphone going, gosh, I can't believe I've been like having conversations like Mm -hmm. this recorded for four years. Yeah. And this has been consistent for Sarah, too. It's not like she does it here and there. It is like a consistent thing. Yeah. So I have have two podcasts, and one of them is weekly, and then one of them is seasonally. Um, So that means I just like record a huge batch and Mm. then dump them all on iTunes at the same time and then wait another year and do the same thing. But, um, podcasting sort of the medium, you know, it's been around for a long time, but really no one noticed it until about six years ago, Mm. really. And so for me and my career path, I've always loved the stage. I've loved holding a microphone. I've loved talking. Like even today, knowing that I was going to be sitting in these, two cute green <laughs> chairs with you. I was like, this is like a morning talk show. What it if is. Heidi and I just started a morning talk show? I'd be I just, down. I just love it. Like yeah. I've, I just love all things using my voice. I just mm-hmm. love to talk. I love to host. I love all that. And so, but for me, I used to do a lot of live kind of thing. And then I had kids mm-hmm. and it was like, my world came to like a screeching halt Mm -hmm. on like, just like, Oh, I don't really want to travel and go away. And this is too hard to manage all these people and all of that sort of thing. And so, and it was just coupled with like, I think everybody probably in their twenties goes through something where someone says something that defines you in kind of a negative way that you can't, right. I'm not the only one. Yeah. That really (laughs) kind of shaped how I saw my own voice, that my Mm -hmm. voice wasn't good enough. And so that really can I ask you, yeah. sorry, can I ask yes. you what that was? Like, yeah, so who, I, um, I felt like my twenties were very confident. So mm-hmm. I felt like I like was plowing through and driving through, um, my twenties didn't, th- if someone said you should do that, I'm like, oh yeah, I can do that. That's yeah. great. And so I was, you know, traveling and speaking and hosting and I was published my first book at 27 and I felt like I was like I was like ahead of the game and an organization hired me to um, do some writing because you know I'm this like published author and I'm doing all these things and then they said it wasn't good enough and they said oh well we're gonna go with these guys so then of course then you're like well it's because I'm female like you just Mm. feel that all these things because they live in California meaning they're cooler than you and you're, sure. it was just a lot of, you know, underlying messages. You start message. putting all those other messages oh, on. Oh, yeah. I start thing. filling in the holes of mm-hmm. all of that. And all that did for me, especially being you and I have talked about Enneagram stuff. I'm an Enneagram 3 like you. Mm-hmm. That was just feeding that you're not enough. Like you are not enough. Your voice is not enough. It's not good enough. Like if it's not good enough for these seeming experts in this field, then you just should stop. And so that's mm-hmm. what I did. I just stopped talking I stopped not physically physically I didn't start singing sign language to people um but I stopped as a career like I just I I stopped writing um you know my publisher kept coming back going we want you to write another one and I was like I just have nothing to say like I can't say anything and so I feel like it took several years for me to really get to the other side of even if those people don't think I'm good enough for what they're doing doesn't mean I'm not good enough 
Hmm. And just because they don't like what I have to say doesn't mean that what I have to say isn't worthy. Or yeah. And so that really, you know, that was years of just pushing past that. And so in the meantime of that kind of crushing blow to just who I was as a career person, I had kids at the same time. And that just really rocked my world. Like mm-hmm. that was not, I mean, I was really great at raising my baby dolls and it was just not the same. <laughs> so, what? I know. That's Those crazy. Dolls, they never like fought back. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't cry. Like mm. it was fine. Um, so it was just like, so then it was like, I'm not good enough in my career. I'm not good enough as a mom. Like I just was really battling all of that. So it took years to get to that other side of, I still have something to, to offer in this world. And so that was kind of the season of just really thinking about, okay, well then what is it? What is next um, for me? Surely like life is not done. Like, you know, it's early thirties. Like I still for sure had like longevity here. Right. And so um, as I was thinking about things and what I wanted to do and what I wanted to say, I really wasn't going, well, I don't really want to start traveling and speaking again. That was very stressful. It was just a lot of things. You know, it just wasn't that my season of life just didn't lend itself. My girls were like, I think two and four, three and five at the yeah. time. And my husband traveled all the time. So it just didn't make sense for both of us to be traveling. I, I went to a writer's conference and ironically, I went into a podcast breakout at a writer's conference, but podcasting was fairly new and um, there was no other breakout I wanted to listen to. I was like, well, I like podcasts. I yeah. listen to them like I'll go, you know, I just had never thought about it for me. Mm-hmm. And so I was sitting there and it was just like a light bulb went on of going, oh, I could use my voice mm. and not travel anywhere. Like, yeah. And so it just really was this thing of going, oh, I love talking to people. I love encouraging people, making people feel like, hey, who you are is enough and where just show up where you are. And it's OK if you're not where you want to be like just let's just show up where you are and that surviving is really enough Mm. right now and so that's really kind of where surviving Sarah the title of the show came from and so that was in like an October of 2015 and then I went home and launched it by December like so yeah hit the ground running and surviving Sarah you interview a lot of great people that are either authors or speakers and a lot of times they speak to either family issues Mm -hmm. or personal issues spiritual issues um did I get that right yeah like I just really want it's really the audience is is for women I do have like four men that listen probably every (laughs) now and then I I hear from a dude listener but um but it's really just all the things of a woman's life like to help you survive in your relationships with your work with yourself or with your faith just really all of those things that make us kind of a whole person and Mm -hmm. just Helping someone survive right there. Yeah. And then tell us about your other podcast that you host that's seasonal. Yes. Um, It's Bringing Up Boys and Girls. Yes, it's called Raising Boys and Girls. Raising. Yeah. I already got it wrong. Yep. (laughs) Bringing up, raising, pulling them up, Mm -hmm. dragging them up. Dragging them up behind you. I don't know. That's yes. a real raw podcast. Yes, that's a that's a different podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so this podcast um, I host and I we sit around the table th- with three counselors from Nashville from Daystar Counseling and um, it's Sissy Goff, David Thomas, and Melissa Trevathan. Mm-hmm. And I, I just get to, we have conversations about raising boys and girls. The mm-hmm. first season one, they wrote a book called Are My Kids on Track? And that was really the idea. Um, it was such a good book, but it was one of those books where like, I felt like I needed to talk about it. Like if I was going to read it with someone, even if it was my, my partner, I'm like, can we talk about this? Like, yeah. I, I just learned better that way. So I went to them and I was like, hey, what if we did a podcast? And we just like 
talked about every one of these chapters so that like as people were driving to like a their work or they were driving to a small group where they were going to talk about this book or they were driving somewhere with their partner and they could talk about it together gosh that would just be amazing and so huh. they said yes and so season one was all about breaking down that book um is this the emotional social and spiritual milestones that kids need to reach mm-hmm. and then season two was really looking at raising boys and girls like who they are in each stage of development and what they need in each one of those stages wow that's so good that was such a smart idea yes, sarah yes it really is and i've heard from a lot like when the, these counselors they go and they speak everywhere and um i always hear they let me know that there's men especially who come up to them and they're like or, or wives will come up and say my husband would have never read the book but he's listened to all these episodes and ah, so it's like oh, spurred cool. conversation and yeah. like help them with their parenting so. and you probably never like that may have not even come about had you not already had your own podcast and you kind of knew what was going on. Yes. Cause I saw the benefits of podcasts. Mm -hmm. I saw the benefits of that medium of being able to listen as you go. Like videos are great. Like, thank you for watching. Um, but you can't, really do it on the well you shouldn't do it on the go please don't watch this in the car Um, (laughs) but like for most people they're you know especially in Atlanta you're stuck in traffic for an hour each way and so to be able to to consume content that way especially content that is beneficial and helpful Mm -hmm. um it's really powerful yeah okay let's talk about some specifics so when you started the podcast what were some things that you got technology wise and just everything that you needed to get started what was what were those things so the first thing I did was consult with someone who was doing a podcast and I think that is so helpful because there's just a whole world um that is unknown and so Mm -hmm. I would um advise someone to start there like find someone that you can ask questions to that has a podcast um it's just kind of helpful I've tried I've I've had countless conversations with people who have emailed and I'll send them back some information. Um, and so, so that was kind of step one. Um, I think even before you get to what you need, think about what you want the show to be. Um, you know, what, who is your audience? What is the purpose? What are you trying to say? What do you Mm -hmm. hope to communicate? Do you want it to be weekly? Do you want it to be seasonally? I think the, the beauty of the podcast is that you really get to do what you want to do. Like there's even time still where I'll, say like this summer I decided to take July off we were moving my kids were home it was just insane and I remember looking at my husband I was like I mean do you think it'd be okay if I like didn't do new episodes in July and he's like um it's your show you can do (laughs) what you want yeah um and so you really do have that freedom that there's no rhyme or reason um you can you can do whatever you want your show to look like. You have the freedom to do that, and so but you got to take the time to think about what that might be because um, doing a weekly show is a lot more commitment than my seasonal show. Mm-hmm. So that seasonal show is like maybe like three months worth of work of like you know producing it on the you know the front end like what is it going to look like going and recording and then the post production. That's yeah. much less you know work than every week I've got, I'm doing something for right. surviving Sarah. And wouldn't you agree that it is really important, even if you decide to do it just like once a month or something mm-hmm. that you set a time for it to come out. So that yes. way people at least know, okay, the first Monday of every month, yes. I know that the podcast will come out yes. and it's fine if it's once a yes. month or fine if it's once every Consistency is big. Mm-hmm. And I think you build, um, rep- repertoire. What, how do you say it? Repertoire? Um, Retro- what a, mm, mm. Mm. Build, build, um, um, 
Um, we're words people. We're, we're podcast uh, people who, who can't. Like right? <laughs> let's do Pictionary. I'm going to draw it out. Um, anyways, it builds a rapport. I think that's there. Right we right. go. Yes, a rapport with your audience so that they they know what to expect and they know what's coming. I mean, I think unless you're like Gwyneth Paltrow and you're gonna. <laughs> You know, she, she has a podcast. Yeah. You know, it's uh, like... Don't we all people, wish we were right, like her? Right. In so uh, many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, people, you know, I feel like you get away with more when you've already got this established, like, everybody's going to listen to what Oprah has to say. So if sure. Oprah only lists, you know, releases a podcast once a... Like, every, like, seven weeks this time. Right. Or, like, no one's going to care. Yeah. It's Oprah, yeah. right? But um, I think that we... But have, I am not Oprah. I, and, yes. I feel like that's like... <laughs> not Oprah. I'm like not that Oprah. sounds like yeah. a coaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not Oprah. Um. <laughs> but yes, I think consistency is uh-huh. is key. I think it just it builds that like trust in your audience that they know that they're gonna get from you um something every week or month or whatever it might be, mm-hmm. that that you are gonna show up and be there. Yeah. Which I think is also good because you're not gonna make money out the gate. So so don't wait until you have money to treat it like, oh, I've gotta show up. Like yes, showing up for your audience when you're still not making money, I think builds again more of that trust mm-hmm. and rapport yeah. with your audience. So first off, when you record it, did you like buy some microphones? Did you just mm-hmm. record it into your phone or? So there's a, and do? I think a lot of things have changed since mm-hmm. I launched four years ago. Um, I am married to a video editor. And so convenient, convenient. Um, he did edit my show for the first year and then he was like, eh, never, you gotta learn. <laughs> um, and so he really, he knew microphones, he knew all that, but he was also a big podcast listener. He's like, they have to sound good. Yes. Like you have to do what it takes, which is why we're re-recording exactly. right now. It's exactly. I could not it didn't put it out sound there. Great. Mm-hmm. And so it's going, yes, I want to be consistent. Mm hmm. But if it's at the sake of it not sounding good, you might lose people just because you're like, well, this doesn't sound good. Why would I spend an hour listening to this show if the audio is so bad? Yeah. And I think uh, when I go into a podcast, I think there's two people I'm serving. I'm serving you who are listening or watching and then the guests. Right. Right. And I just felt like this isn't doing justice for either one of them. Right. You know, exactly. So So we did. So we bought some good mics. I'm not drawing a name on on the name of it, but I can always send you that yeah. info if you do sure. show notes. That would be great. Um, and then we bought a box called Scarlet, and okay. it really you mm-hmm. hooks into my computer, hooks into my microphone, and it like communicates. Yeah, and um, that's I a use... really great way to describe it <laughs> because we always just say preamp, but that is a much better way and that's, clearer way to that's the yeah, person who does not know the technical things yeah. way to yeah. describe they it. They talk to each yes, other. They talk to each other. They're friends. Um, <laughs> and so, and then I use an app on my computer called audio hijack. Okay. And so, and the beauty of audio hijack is that I knew that I was going to record some in person and some online. And so I was able to create presets in that app so that I have a Skype preset, a FaceTime preset, um, a, just a single mic. If it's just me talking into it preset and then a like in person preset for two people. And so that is really helpful. Any kind of thing that you can like create a template or a preset for Mm -hmm. like saves you so much time and effort. And so that's really what I started with was just the Scarlet, the microphone and that, um, that app. And, and you can edit in audio jack. Um, you know, I don't know. I edit in audition Adobe, um, 
because again, my husband is a video editor and he was like, if you want me to teach you and help you, if you want me to be your help desk, yeah. you have to learn what I know. Uh-huh. But I do have a lot of friends who use like GarageBand or anything. There's a lot of other options and there are options now that you can record on your phone, like mm-hmm. record a whole podcast on your phone. Yeah. Um, or I've used, there's a website called Zencaster mm-hmm. and it, you can just, you just send your guest a link and, and it records and, you know, mixes it and drops it to you. So there's a lot of m- very easy and convenient ways to record options right out now. there. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Um, have you ever had any technical difficulties mm-hmm. like we had? <laughs> yes. And I was sweating it this morning with my like interview this morning going, what if it like doesn't record? Cause Heidi and I, we didn't record. <laughs> um, I have, I have had, there's been a couple of instances where like, you know, just for whatever reason, especially when you're recording um, over the internet, mm-hmm. the interwebs, sometimes the streaming quality is horrible. And so there's been some things where like, that's just been awful. And so then I've learned like the hard lesson where you learn the lesson and now I have guests record on their end. Just if they have an Apple computer, computer, they can just do QuickTime player and they re- can record and it's just a backup. So it's like things like, okay, live and learn once, um, someone's side kind of what happened to us yeah. did not record at all. It was just me. <laughs> And thankfully they had record cause they were a podcaster. They had recorded on their end, yeah. the, the quick time player. We talked about it and then there we had it. Like yeah. it was there. So I think it's just definitely has happened. Mm-hmm. Um, one time we were using one of these and mm-hmm. someone kicked the cable and it unplugged. And so oh, it no. just like it turned off cause there was no batteries in it. It was just plugged into the uh-huh. wall and lost the entire episode. Oh my god. And it was with a big name person like I don't know if we're going to have this opportunity again oh, to like geez. chat. Yeah, that's um, so scary. So it happens. Yeah, it definitely it happens. Yeah, and you just figure things yeah. out yeah. and have great friends that is willing yes. to come back. <laughs> well, it's cuz I know yeah. like it's like yeah. it's it, you know, it's just what happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just needed another reason to see you. So So this is the new and improved That's right. podcast episode. That's right. Brag. Yeah. Um, so once you record, once you edit your mm-hmm. episode, then we upload it. Yes. Because I think this is what a lot of people are really confused with. Well, do I have to then upload it to iTunes, Spotify, yes. Google Play, all that yeah, stuff? Yeah. No, you don't. You, you just, just record it. You just upload it to one place. Yes. And, and then, then they push out. it. Yes. Yes. So it's still like, so now you got to upload it to a, it's like a hosting and so that host communicates will keep with like the the talking to each other talks to itunes and spotify and all the places Mm -hmm. and so i use libsyn Mm -hmm. and um that's just when i again when i started that was really the only thing out there i think there's some other options now um but I, I upload it to Libsyn and I can, I usually schedule it. Like I, I edit it usually on a Monday. My show comes out on Tuesday. So I schedule it to release at like midnight on Tuesday. Yeah. And it pushes it out to iTunes and all the world. Um, and then I can easily take a, a code from there and put it on my website so that it's embedded in the show notes of that I create. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of the next step once you've edited I put it there mm-hmm. um, so that it gets out to the world. Yeah. One of the things that we didn't even talk about in the first episode, but it is probably something that if somebody starts a podcast, they're like, how, how does, how do I do this? How do you add in your music for the podcast or yes. to determine that? Yeah. So I got my music from, I think it's called Pond Five. Okay. And I just bought like the rights mm-hmm. to use, you know, it's one of those where like, I remember when I was launching, I, I heard a song by someone like, you know, 
some actual musician like of notoriety and I was like oh that just captures like the essence of what I feel you know I was like very into it and my husband's like um you can't yeah. you can't pay for the rights to that Mm-mm. right so, <laughs> <laughs> and so that's another thing like do everything above board you know yes, I think there's absolutely a, yes you can probably get away with it especially if you're you don't have like a wildly popular show but like mm-hmm. it's good to just you know we're all artists and so likelihood if you're creating a podcast you're an artist too and so mm-hmm. we want to make sure we give dues where yeah they're, they're needed and, and there's so much out there yes. now i mean i love audio jungle they have yes, so I've looked much at that. there yes that and you can just type it in search for forever i mean i, I mean, spent like hours there it's listening a rabbit to trail like music you, right so. you might as well pour a drink and <laughs> yeah. sit down it's and it's be like maybe 15 20 bucks it's or something like that it's all. not a lot mm-hmm. at all so yes yeah just Yes, exactly. Yeah. Go to one of those sites yes. and we'll link it in the show notes and yes. I'll have a whole post with links to all of that. Yeah. So as you've gone on with your podcast, what are some processes that you've discovered that have helped? Actually, before I ask you that, mm-hmm. let me ask you this. How much time yes. do you spend on your podcast per week? Per week? It, it depends. Um, at minimum five hours at most, probably 10. Okay. Um, when I'm launching or doing any work for the second podcast, um, it's probably more just cause that's, you're doubling what you're doing. Right. It's more things to edit. Um, but you know, like yesterday is my editing day. Mondays are always just like, we got to get this thing out the door. And so I'll usually spend about four hours, um, okay. three to four hours. My show's usually around an hour. So with editing and recording, I do some post-production that goes into the episode and um, creating all the promotional images and voiceovers and all that kind of stuff. Um, So like three to four hours and then, you know, maybe 30 minutes promoting it the next day. And then like this morning, I have two podcasts this week. Like, so it was preparing like researching your guests, which is so good to do. If you're a guest show, like just, just be prepared. Yeah. You know, don't show up and, um, I'm I'm great at winging things, but like it was, I th- I think it shows respect and it knows not only to the guests but to your audience where I want to take you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so preparation work that takes time every week, and then the actual, you know, sitting down to record with someone takes right. an hour. Yes. So yeah, that's a time. So yeah. mm-hmm. so as you've gone on, what are some processes or ways that you found that have helped you to be more efficient yes. in that? So my my show with Surviving Sarah is an interview-based show. So one of the things that I do, I, I do get a lot of emails um, of requests to be on the show. And so I created templates. And so I have a like template for thank you so much for, you know, you know, asking about the show, inquiring about the show, answer these couple of questions. It will help me determine whether you're a good fit or not send that off or maybe it's a rejection email or thank you so much but no thank you um and or and then so I, I create those templates another thing that I created that's kind of like a template which you filled out because yeah been, you're well your episode hasn't come out yet but you've been mm-hmm. on the show is just a it's almost like a questionnaire where I get to it helps me understand you a little bit more because I'm curating our conversation so what are the things that you like to talk about is there anything you like you don't want to talk about like because I don't want to make sure that we don't talk about something that you don't want to talk about. So it's really a form that just, and it's through my website. I, I use Squarespace um, and I just created this form and it also helps them to go, here's my Skype handle or here's my means of recording. Or So here's, it's all in one place. That's yes, so helpful. Yes. So yeah. that's kind of, those are some best practices of like just templates and those things have helped um, 
it cuts down my time mm-hmm. immensely or even like even in that form is here's your handles um on social stuff so that that way when I go to promote the show I know exactly where to find yes them. yes mm-hmm. um so I feel like that has been those are the things that have been really probably like helped me to be the most efficient in what mm-hmm. I do yeah and then editing just the more you do it the faster you get it's true and so mm-hmm. um I think you know in the early days it took a lot longer I'm kind of nitpicky I don't know if you're like this when I edit I mean, I'm like cutting out. I've got, I'm not super nitpicky on everything, but I am like, I look back at the final product. I'm like, oh, whoa, I made a lot of like, <laughs> you know, just my, cutting out my end mm-hmm. if I'm not talking just because it sounds better just to like hear that track or, yeah. Um, but yeah. I have gotten faster. And then talk about social media. What are some apps or ways yeah. that you've like, uh, found that have helped yes. you promoting out on social media because that takes a lot of time. It too. takes time, and you know it's hard because, and I don't know if you think about yourself. Are you likely to like images of just like a promotional thing? Not normally, mm-hmm. and so yet you still have to use it to promote your show because that's where people are. Right, and so I've really tried to. I, I've done different things over the years of promoting the show. Like usually, if on my feed. Um, if I do an image of the person that's on the show, it's my least liked image. So true. Same for me. But I think it's because people want to see you. Right. If they're on and your social media. Yes. Yeah. They're like, wait, who's Even this? though that show is yours, yeah. they still just want to see you. Mm-hmm. And so I've tried to promote the show either um, by using a quote, just because I, I like the look of intermixing quotes mm-hmm. and images, or a picture of my real life and then I talk about the show. Yeah. Um, but I really have tried to utilize Insta stories because mm-hmm. I think most people are really landing and staying in Insta stories mm-hmm. mostly. And so I try to tell a story. Like I use yeah. um, graphics and GIFs and music and voiceovers. I take make an, create an image of mm-hmm. you know the person on the show and then I create a voiceover for that and and put all those things together to kind of tell a story yeah and so i use a website called sparemen.com m-i-n not m-e-n oh (laughs) you got some spare men over there burly man i need a spare man yeah um but a sparemen.com and that you can easily i use canva.com to create my images Mm -hmm. and then i just go to spare men upload my image upload my audio file and like boom yeah. It's created. Awesome. You can do it in a square or in a landscape. Like mm-hmm. you have lots of options and it's mm-hmm. free. Yeah. 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 And headliner is another one. I know we talked they're, about they're that. They're the same. Wait, they are? Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm so Spearman, this is how archaic I am. Spearman was it. And I think headliner came in. Oh. So if you type in Spearman, you'll get to headliner or if you just go to I see. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Like yeah. It. There you awesome. go. Okay. Let's talk. Money, 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 money. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sure that so many, if you're listening and you're like, I do want to start a podcast, but like, uh, can I, could I make money from it? You know, if so, how? Um, and what would you say to that question? Um, you can make money. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like, I remember when I was getting published for the first time and you think I'm going to be published. I bet I'm going to like, Make a million dollars. Yeah. You don't. 
you know, <laughs> and they, I, but I remember someone advising me saying like, no, like the people that make money off of writing books are the people who write a lot of books yeah. and they sell a lot of books. And I think that's the same thing with podcasting. You have to have a lot of listeners mm-hmm. to really make a lot of money. Yeah. Um, it is possible. I have friends who are, you know, not only are themselves employed, but they hire people full-time positions because mm. um, they're making that kind of money. But it's also, they're making money from live events and yes. eBooks and they're doing a lot of things, not just advertising on the podcast, but with advertisers, um, it really comes down to, there's kind of a, it's called a CPM rate and it's usually 25, maybe max $35 per 1000 downloads that you have. Okay. So if you're only getting 500 downloads a month, you're not you're not looking at any money, right? So you at least need to be hitting a thousand downloads. Um, actually, I take that back. It's a week, thousand downloads a week. Yeah. So okay. again, you know, you've got to be bringing in some serious mm-hmm. weekly downloads yeah. in order to really make a lot of money right. from it. Right. Um, and and I have a really popular show, and I I was finding that it wasn't enough to just like throw off all my other. Um, things I do for work Mm -hmm. um, and just lean on that. Yeah. Yeah. And there are different ways to be able to add to that income. Like Mm -hmm. you said, with the speaking, Amazon affiliate being an Amazon affiliate as well. If you have stuff that you um, talk about, like even with equipment, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm an Amazon affiliate. I was through the party blog, so I still have that link. And if I, if I talk about anything or there's yes. products that could help you, yes. I'm going to link to that on the Amazon affiliate. Now, yes. it's not like I make a ton of money off the no. sell, but I know even with like Parties for Pennies, my blog, um, I still made probably an average of $25 yeah. a month from right. that. Which helps and just so cover the cost it, of the exactly, blog. Exactly, yes. Well, and that's what, I mean, the affiliate thing is huge. That's why like in show notes, I always, you know, if I have mm-hmm. an author on, I'm putting an affiliate link in for that. Um, or I'm an affiliate for different things that, um, that I believe in, that I buy in. Like I even have a, um, a friend who created a, how to start a podcast, um, guide and it's so good. And so I'm an affiliate. Um, I believe it's, um, sarahbragg.com slash start your podcast. I'll send you the link, but it's, I mean, it's a great guide of like all these technical how to things. I'm like, Oh, I believe it. Like when I launched raising boys and girls, it had been, gosh, over two years since I had launched a podcast, I pulled that guide up and was like, mm-hmm. wait, how do I go through Libsyn and like upload a new show? Like yeah. it was just all these little details um, are helpful. So it is, it's like affiliates are great, live events, mm-hmm. um, eBooks, any of those kind of things mm-hmm. are, are helpful. Yeah. I was just reading an article about like making money from podcasts and they were saying that kind of a good rule of thumb or you can kind of expect if you diversify with Amazon affiliates, maybe even Patreon, which we can talk yes. about, yeah. um, and sponsored ads. If you're bringing in 5,000 downloads per week, mm-hmm. then you could probably get a pretty, a, a decent part-time yes. income from yes. it. If you get to 10,000 downloads per week, that's when you can make a little bit more and it could probably be yes. a full-time income, but yes. it still would be from various avenues not just from advertising exactly and that was one of the things I think that I learned I I did strictly advertising I think it was like year three 
and I, it did not give me what I thought it was going to get. Mm-hmm. So that was one of those lessons of like, well, this is okay. This is bringing in this much, but it's definitely not going to replace my, my part-time income that I have through like content editing and yeah. writing that I do. Um, but yeah, so Patreon is another avenue that, um, I've been, <laughs> I've been trying to launch one for three years and <laughs> I just keep like not finding the time, but, um, but it is, it's a great way of just, it's a place for artists to be supported in what they do. You have all sorts, you have musicians and videos and there's YouTubers and there's, you know, podcasts. Um, there's all sorts of people that are creating content that, you know, are just looking to be paid for. You know, that's the, the tricky thing is we're used to getting things for free. So right. with podcasts, yeah, we're hard. just, we're just consuming all this content and expecting, well, why won't they keep doing it? And mm-hmm. you're like, well, I haven't got, I can't pay the bills. I have to actually get a real job in order yeah. to, you know, and so Patreon is a great way to kind of come in and you can set the bar at what you want. It could be like, Hey, support me for a dollar a month or $5 a month or whatever you want to pay me a month. And it just kind of is a way to support the artist that you're mm-hmm. listening to. And then a lot of times, like you were saying that you um, are going to give some bonus content. Right. That's really good that people have been asking yes. for, for the people that are signed up yes. to be a Patreon so that that way they get bonus. Yes. So the thing value. that one of the pieces of advice that I heard with Patreon once is that the, the Patreon account that are very successful um, are the ones who treat it treat that audience well where they don't treat it as just like an offering plate mm-hmm. like oh just you know yeah. like a love off share a love offering for us you yeah. know but it's really creating a sense of community with those people and so that's why when you get free things and you get content that you really want it's not that I'm withholding content from um, my you know, regular listenership but it's going gosh how can I create a sense of community mm-hmm. with these people who are going hey I believe in what you're doing and I'm giving you five dollars a month I mean that's like you know some Starbucks right there yeah. that someone's yeah. giving me um, and so it's it's going what can I do to really create foster a sense of community with these people because they're the ones buying into really buying into what mm-hmm. you're doing yeah what has been as far as you feel like, what has been the biggest negative about podcasting? Man, I, I, I want to say it, it is just that the, the money and time. Mm-hmm. It, it is that tension of um, that you're, you want to create this content. And I love it. And I've created it for free for, for many years. Um, but you also want to get paid. I, I remember I, I just told my husband this not long ago. When I first started, it was like I was showing up in someone's home and for like a book club. And it was just like me and like seven people. And we were just hanging out. Yeah. And I just drove like five minutes away. And now I feel like I'm flying <laughs> to a different city yeah. every week and standing on stage in an arena and talking to people. And mm-hmm. so it still is meaningful. It's just more exhausting. Yeah. And so that tinge, the, the, the negative is that, you know, we want to consume things for free. It's hard to make people want to pay for, for content. So it's mm-hmm. just that, that tension that you have to manage. Yeah. Um, it's probably been the hardest thing. What's been the biggest blessing or the positive thing yeah. that's come from podcasting? You know, I really value connection. That's a huge value of mine. And that's exactly what the podcast has done for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it when I'm done with an interview and I feel like we are friends at the end of it. I love knowing that I am helping someone that's got their earbuds in like on a walk somewhere and they're feeling encouraged and inspired and I'm connecting with them in that way. And so for me, gosh, the biggest blessing is just 
fostering that sense of connection. And then on a real selfish personal note, it's, I feel like I'm getting free counseling. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm talking to some really great, great, amazing people. And I'm always like, so I'm asking for a friend. Yeah. Yeah. But really like, uh, like, tell me what right. do I need to do? Yes. Yes. Yeah, especially yeah. my podcast with my counselor friends. I mean, mm-hmm. this is, you know, I've got two, my girls are fourth and sixth grade. And so I'm just getting to like ask some really great questions that are really helpful in this stage of parenting. Yeah. Which kind of leads me to let's um, shift a little bit from podcasting. I mean, you've talked to some wonderful people. You already were a great expert and authority on, you know, um, spiritual stuff, kids stuff, heart stuff, even from your first book. Um, What has been one of the biggest like aha moments that you've had being a parent and listening to all these counselors and people, the free counseling, all the free counseling, then give it to us, share the wealth. Yes. There has been (laughs) so many, um, like I think about David Thomas, uh, from the raising boys and girls show when one of the times he was on before we launched that, that show, he was on, um, surviving Sarah. And he talked about how he said this quote, and I'll never forget it. Fear is the birthplace for courage. And for me, I had always like, like, you shouldn't be afraid. Don't be afraid. But then it it made sense as I'm parenting. Like if I'm like walking my kids across the street and they're afraid to cross the street, I don't just go, well, I guess you're right. I guess we won't cross the street today. No, like we're going to cross the street. doesn't mean you have to not be afraid to cross the street. We're going to cross the street. Like, like courage and fear go hand in hand. And so I remember for just parenting, that was such a big thing because I had a daughter who was very afraid and struggled Mm -hmm. with fear. And, um, and so that, but it also was like for myself. So like launching a podcast or you know, trying to write another book or leaning into those things that are afraid just because you're afraid doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. And so those are Mm -hmm. some really big pieces that I feel like, come up over and over and over again. Or I had um, Dr. Deborah Tillman, who is America's super nanny. She was on the show. And I remember we were talking and I I don't like to fail. I do not like to fail. (laughs) And she said, Sarah, she's like, failures are just lessons learned. And I was like, oh, you're right. You're right. I should should be okay with failing. You know, to the point of like, you know, that's been one of my mantras lately. Like, what can I do today that I'll fail at? Because Mm -hmm. I need to practice failing because that's where I'm going to learn. Yeah. And it's okay if, and and failing to me is, there's some things that are just silly. And you're like, that is not failure. But to me, it was failure. Mm -hmm. You know, like standing on a tennis court. I haven't played tennis in 20 years. I went and played last week because I was like, I'm going to fail. I'm going to be terrible. And I was pretty bad, um, <laughs> but it was, okay. I was like, but it's good to push through those things. Yeah. And so those are things that I feel like are bettering me as a person, just because I had that conversation with her on mm. the show. And as a parent, I mean, what exactly is the measure of success anyways? Oh, how man. do you know, like, right. how do you even know if you're failing or succeeding? Right. right. And see, and that's the tricky thing. Cause I think we all think success in parenting is good behavior. And so then you go, well, my kid is not behaving well. So what does that mean? <laughs> about a, you. Yes, about me. Mm-hmm. My own worth and my own, yeah, I'm measuring my worth by how well she is behaving. And really, I feel like I'm surrounding myself with these amazing people. You know, I'm just, I'm learning, like, you know, her, who she is is no, like, it does not reflect, like, my worth, mm-hmm. you know, um, and and really kind of learning that I am enough and she is enough and I am loved no matter what. And she is loved no matter what. Mm. Um, those are things that I feel like 
I didn't know before when I started off parenting. I'm not even a parent and that (laughs) spoke to my heart. You have two girls Mm -hmm. and I have to ask this question because, um, so there's four of us girls who are super close from college and we talk like almost every single day through Marco Polo. Thank you, technology. Um, But they're all spread out all over the country. Uh, Nobody lives super close. And my friend Jenny, she has two little girls and they're under the age of Jenny, please don't kill me for this. Under the age of six, I'm pretty okay. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, yes, because Harper is just starting preschool. She won't go into kindergarten until next year. So that's okay. five? Yeah. Four? Yeah, yeah, five. Okay. Um, sorry, Jenny. But, <laughs> and then her younger daughter is two, I want to say, yeah. almost two, maybe a little over two. Wow, I am a horrible friend. And we talk every day, and I right. don't know this well. <laughs> um, but you are loved no matter what. <laughs> Thank you. I am worth it. Um, One of the questions that she had was how, especially because your daughters are a little older, how old are they? They are nine and 11 right now. Same age difference. Yes. As hers. Yes. How do you foster a good relationship between the sisters? I feel like I need to take a smoke. I don't Sorry, I don't have vodka or anything. (laughs) Smoke on that one. It is hard. It is hard. And I didn't, that was one of my biggest fears of having two girls because I didn't have a sister growing up. And so, um, but I was a very competitive person and Mm -hmm. I feared, it's like, I I feel like if I had a sister, I would have been really competitive with her. Mm -hmm. And so just, uh, it was very scary. And it is not easy. And, um, but from very little, I feel like it's one of those things that I keep waiting that one day it's going to click. Like I'll, every time I meet someone who has sisters, I'm like, when did you all become friends? When did you start? <laughs> <laughs> They're all like, uh, back like, off, oh, crazy okay. lady. Um, and so, but everybody always talks about like, it's almost like late high school or adulthood mm-hmm. of really kind of becoming friends with your sister. But even from like those ages and earlier, we would always say you have a best friend for free. Yes. You have a so best true. friend for free. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and we talk a lot about like if, if one of them hurts the other, I mean, literally these are just like, I mean, the, my girls lost all technology for the entire week based on this very thing last night. Wow. Of just like being mean to each other and like just, mean there's no I mean girls can be mean mm-hmm. and um but I was like oh I'm like look at her face look at her face you hurt her how would you always coming back to like how would you feel if you were called stupid like mm-hmm. how would you feel um and so I feel like you're just constantly beating that drum and then there's seasons where we have not allowed them to have play dates with their their friends because like hey if you can't get along with the best friend for free that lives in your bedroom then you're not gonna have a play date once you figure out how to be kind to each other and like play well together, then we can play with others. Mm. I think that's so huge mm-hmm. because seriously, if I, the lessons that I learned having a sister on how to deal with conflict, because yes. you've got somebody yes. totally opposite from totally. you, totally opposite in super close quarters. And a lot of times you feel like you can not take advantage of them, but like you don't think, oh, I could just go in, take her mm-hmm. shirt. No problem. I don't have to ask yeah. her or anything like right. that. Being able to figure out the conflict with her has helped me figure out conflict with other yes. people. It's made it yes. easier. See, I didn't have that. Like mm-hmm. I didn't realize until I was like an adult, like I'm talking like just in the last couple of years of realizing 
I never learned how to handle conflict Mm -hmm. because I had an older brother who was like four years older. So he wasn't giving me the time of day ever. Like, so it was, there was no conflict to be had because he just wasn't talking to me. Right. (laughs) Um, And so I never had that constant, like bumping up against someone and having to learn how to like deal with it. Mm -hmm. And so I keep reminding myself, okay, this is good. Um, You know, I think about, you know, how do I want to be spoken to? Like I, and I try to like, Hey, how do you want to be spoken to? Like, there's literally a note on my, for some reason it's on my recording equipment. I don't know why, (laughs) but it's like, remember to like, how would you want to be spoken to and speak to them that way? And so just kind of even, cause I get, I want to join in the fight and I want to be like, you know, mama coming down hard. (laughs) Um, But it's like, how can I help model for them how to handle conflict mm. that you can disagree with someone and not like throw a book at their face. Right. Like this it's possible. Yeah. It is possible. Yeah. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us again. Again. Can we do it next <laughs> Take week two. too? Sure. Why right. not? <laughs> Let's hope that it's not under the circumstances of technology <laughs> fail though. Um, we can get together whenever you want yes. to. Just real fast before yes. we leave, what do you see as the future of surviving Sarah? Yeah. You know, I don't know. I, I have no um, end in mind. So it's, you know, every Tuesday still coming. Um, I, I have guests already lined up through like March. So mm-hmm. it's still rolling. Um, I just see more, you know, I'm going to write again. I want to write another book and um, just continue to foster a sense of like connection mm-hmm. with my audience. And um, it just, it gives me a lot of life to actually have like conversations to connect um, mm-hmm. with who's listening. I get so excited when someone you know, sends me an email or a message or whatever. And cause I'm like, Oh, you're real. Like I see yes. the numbers on yes. like Lipson, but no, you're real. Like yeah. you're an actual person. Yeah. And to, to know that I, I get a chance to like help you survive where you are just makes me excited. So mm-hmm. I think just continuing to build those avenues of where I can connect more yeah. with people. I think that's so important. And we actually were talking a little bit about this before you even started, because you said, you know, um, there's such an importance in, reviewing and rating podcasts and for me what that does when I see a review it's like oh my gosh that number is actually a person because all I see is those download numbers and I don't want to just see you that are listening you that are watching as a number Mm -hmm. I want to see you as a person yes it does make Um, it personal when you see that but it's it is so hard, and I and I know that it takes time to even review and everything. Um, but just know that it it means so much, yes. and it helps us to know. Okay, yes. this is. Um, I hope that you're getting something out of yes. it. You know, and it really something. is a a great way to support a show that you love because mm-hmm. if if that show does try to get mon- to monetize what they're mm-hmm. doing, it's based on downloads and that's the way that iTunes like algorithm works is the more reviews you have the more they put your show in front of people Mm -hmm. and so that is a way of you like I love this show and you know they don't have a Patreon or they don't do what like I can't buy anything but I can give them a review Mm -hmm. and that really is like money in their pocket even if they're not getting that that's just a a great way to support Mm -hmm. your favorite podcast great so today if you have a second Mm -hmm. go to surviving Sarah Go to Raising Boys and Girls. Yes. And the Heidi Rue Show. Dragging Boys and Girls up. No, I'm right. just kidding. That's Dragging them through the yeah, ditch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and please review. Yes. And leave a review. Yes. It can be just short. Subscribe and leave a review. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Okay, thanks so much, Sarah. Oh.